I heard uh, I heard a rumor that we've got a new listener. Who? It's got to go nameless. Oh yeah, the Sky bitch. Yeah. The bitch from Sky. Yeah. So it only took her two fucking years. <laughs> I woke up to a message saying, "So I'm the bitch from Sky." Ha ha ha. And I was like, "It only gets worse." <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to go over whether I said anything criminal. I'm pretty sure we said something. We said a lot of things. Because <laughs> we just figured she wasn't listening, but our, our friends were other friends, like two people that we know were that would laugh along. Mm. We we said it in jest. I said it because I meant it. I'm gonna pretend I said it in jest. I don't think anyone believes that. I, I don't like this person when she's grumpy. Mm, I have trouble liking her when she's not. You're just racist, though, isn't it? How so? Because apparently she's actually Asian. Did you not realise? Asians can be racist to other Asians, can't they? But it's not really racist then. It's just because it, they don't like the other person. She comes from a different part of Asia. So? Yeah, so you can, you can dislike someone from another part. The same okay, I, how many times do I have to say it, right? I'm not racist. I just don't like certain people. Because it doesn't matter what race you are, you can still be shit. Uh, that's, the way, that's the way all racists try and defend their position. I don't like Donald Trump. But David Dickinson's all right. Oh, David, do you remember? Do you remember our uh... our our? Yeah, it was you and, yeah. and you used to and go Freddie. on about him as much as anything else. No, it was you and Freddie. I I'm pretty sure I heard you talk about him. Often. Yeah, just because we were taking the piss, and then we threw Michael Parkinson into the mix. Yeah, with you, Freddie Dickinson, Parkinson, and we wanted to rip our eyes out. Except we weren't seeing it; we were imagining it. So us ripping our eyes out was futile. Mm. So now I'm blind for no reason. That, that was an imaginative story. But... <laughs> yeah. I'm very vivid when I'm talking about things. Yeah. Maybe you should use that energy towards writing something. I write our tweets. <laughs> 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 yeah, you... I've only written like five. The rest are automatic. Why don't you write some kind of story about... You could write the story of David Dickinson and Michael Parkinson. First of all, that's Michael Parkinson's job. Second of all, I, d- I don't know enough about them and I don't want to do the research. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you see how lazy I am when it comes to episodes. I check whether you've done research and then you say yes. And I'm like, that's good enough. That's good enough. Yeah. I'll just go along with whatever you say. Yeah. I have no opinion whatsoever. You get very repetitive, Tarkin. You know that. It's because <laughs> I have to edit this map. Oh, right. And I think about myself when I edit. You do not. You fuck up and you don't repeat yourself. So I don't you fuck, fuck up. up. You fuck up and you don't repeat yourself. <laughs> and you give me a headache. I've never fucked up in my life, so you know. Bullshit. <laughs> the only reason that you aren't really in the outtake other than when you're threatening your dogs <laughs> is because you didn't fix your fuck ups. Whereas I did. So your fuck ups still remain in episodes. Yeah. Well, that's because I don't realise I'm making fuck-ups most of the time. Yeah, but a lot of the time I'm telling you and you're not listening. Well, yeah, because you're telling me while I'm talking. I can't hear you when I'm talking. Oh, you're such an idiot. <laughs> I hear you when I'm talking. That's just because I'm loud. So should <laughs> I shout? Am I quiet? Should I shout? Yeah. Are you telling me I'm quiet? Usually you tell me I'm not. I don't know. You're one of the two, but I'm, I'm blaming my fuck-ups on you. So. <laughs> your fuck-ups are your own. <laughs> If only the government would see that. Mm. Ooh. Talk about fuck-ups. A lot of fuck-ups happens. Uh, before we go into the fuck-ups... Let's listen to a fuck-up. <laughs> what, our intro music? Yeah. <laughs> that was not a fuck-up. That was a stroke of genius by the late and great Annie Tazogolo. Oh, yeah, yeah, she's dead, isn't she? Yeah, I keep forgetting she's I, dead. I, I, it feels I just, like I saw her last week. I know, that's what I said to say. It feels like we had tapas and went to a pub. Yeah, I'm sure she was munching through some chorizo. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I sat on a bus with her recently and ate cupcakes. That sounds like a fantasy. Yeah. Was it Annie? Anyway. <laughs> what? Nothing. <laughs> you do realise like, I'm going to edit this so yeah. I can listen to what you yeah. just said? Intro music. You twat face. <laughs> Stuff. I was contemplating what we'd actually call this episode. Should we just call it the Great Fuck Ups? 
See, I've titled it Apocalypse, just because that's the only thing I could think of. Yeah, I just titled it What the Fuck, Britain. What the fuck? Mm. Maybe we should just go fuck-ups. Yeah. And we're allowed to. We're down as explicit on iTunes. Yeah. Kids shouldn't be listening to us anyway, so people can't complain. Yeah. So it's been a while since we actually recorded. I think it was like late April, early May. I know, it seems magical because you've had episodes since then, but they were all kind of pre-recorded. We occasionally have to do that, don't we? Yeah, we pre-recorded it and yet still we had like a two-week break. So it's been a while since we did this. Our parliament has a very big penis because it's hung. Ah, get it, get it. Good joke. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) hung parliament. Well hung, yeah. Yeah. Matt, this is your domain, so I'll pass it over to you. That's what she said. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the Tories failed to get enough seats for a majority, so they have to form a co- well, well, it's an informal coalition with the DUP, which is a political party from Northern Ireland. That believes in creationism and doesn't believe in gay rights, women's rights, abortion, believes the world is like 4,000 years old. It's pretty much... You know, before the Enlightenment. They're not even thought highly of in Northern Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> so, so how are we supposed to take them seriously? Well, I don't know. They must be slightly, because they managed to get 10 seats. How many seats are, were available in Northern Ireland? Uh, they got more than anyone else, so... Uh, oh, I God. think they're taken seriously enough. Is it the Donald Trump effect? I think it is. A lot of things seem to me like they're a Donald Trump effect. I don't know. They're one of the bigger parties anyway. They've always been quite big in Northern Ireland. Ah, uh, but we know they're a bit... I'm not going to say everyone in Northern Ireland's backwards, but, you know, they haven't progressed as much as I would have hoped with the rest of the United Kingdom. Well, uh, I say they've progressed. I mean, we're going to get onto that later. It's a very difficult area, though, so... It's, mm. uh, there's a lot of problems there. No shit. So, yeah. But, hey, so Theresa May didn't get her majority. Labour has grown, their seats have grown, and he lost, he lost, Labour lost, yet Jeremy Corbyn is still thought of as a hero. Yeah, it, it does like seem a bit odd, that, but... So Theresa May still won, but people hate her. Jeremy Corbyn still lost just by less. People love him. Yeah. It's funny how the world turns, isn't it? Yeah. Because think back six months ago. People were saying Jeremy Corbyn will be the death of Labour. There are fears the Labour Party were going to split. People are saying, oh, it's only like, he only gained like 30 odd seats. You know, we're still in opposition. But we're now in a position where we've got a real good strategy where we could win whenever the next election is. So, yeah. There's so many seats that are now like marginal where there's a small gap between Labour and the Conservatives. What, like, was it Richmond? It was between 40. And I'm pretty sure one area was between a couple of votes. Is it Hastings? Was you know Amber Rudd? That's her seat. That, Hastings. That was yeah, it's down south. Yeah, I know Hastings. I have been there. <laughs> I was trying to remember. Was it Hastings? Not. Is Hastings a place? There was a battle there in 1066, wasn't there? Yeah, it's a place. Yeah, it's just a, a tiny battle. <laughs> There was yeah. no repercussions of it whatsoever to the monarchy. Uh, well, what was? It was sarcasm, Matt. Oh, well. <laughs> Did you think I'd just decide to be sarcastic for, like, 90% of that comment? Yes. And then for the re- remaining 10, just be really serious? Yes. <laughs> okay. I thought you were presenting serious historical facts, though. <laughs> By saying there wasn't a b- massive battle in 1066 in the Hastings. Yeah, yeah I, I get the point. You were being sarcastic. Right? Yeah. But, you know what, that silver lining, there are people out there that probably don't know there was a Battle of Hastings in 1066, and they've learned that from us now. Yeah. Yeah. We're educating people. Yeah. And it's been a while since I did history. How do I remember that? It should be engraved in your head, though. Ingrained. Engraved, yeah. Engraved, probably slightly more sinister. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you meant ingrained. Yeah, what I was saying, and a serious point I was trying to make, was that the Battle of Hastings should be ingrained in your brain. Why, though? It mean, makes no difference to my life whatsoever. Of course it does. It makes a lot of difference. Winning, to my winning life. the Conqueror. We would have, been, would have been a different country without winning the Conqueror. It makes no difference to my life now. Uh, it might be. You never know. Maybe I might go and pointless and I might need that information one day. Yeah, exactly. That's the point. I have one question to ask you, right? Mm-hmm. I've never actually watched Pointless, so do they ask questions? 
Or is it one of those game shows where you don't need any knowledge whatsoever? Oh, yeah. It's a weird game show, isn't it? I'm trying to remember how it goes. I've listened to it, like, when it's on at work, but never paid attention. Because on pointless, you have to give the less likely answer. So you've got to give the answer that not too many people be thinking of. So Okay, so before I go on pointless, my research will be go to, like, a shopping centre and do surveys all day yeah. and memorise which got the fewest votes. Yeah. Yeah, you might be better with information about the battle pacings on another show. Like The Weakest Link? Is that still on? No, it's, I think that's stopped going. So Who wants it. to be a millionaire? Possibly, if that's still going. Go on there, that might come in handy. <laughs> I limited knowledge. I know I know that uh, there's one on ITV that people like, The Chase. Oh, The Chase, that's good, yeah. Yeah, again, I've not watched that either. Yeah, Fanny Schmeller. Huh? Fanny Schmeller. What's that? She was an athlete, uh, went, went at the, one of the Olympics, and uh, her name came up on the chase and caused uh, quite some hilarity in the audience and amongst the hosts. I did see a clip of Pointless, I think it was, where the answer was jizz. When isn't the answer jizz? I don't know. Oh, you know what would be the best one to go on? Deal or no deal? That's it. All you have to know how to do is open a box. Oh, you don't need any knowledge whatsoever. Yeah, but you'd have to spend time in the company of Noel Edmonds. That's true. And then he'd always ask the question, why are you picking that box? I'm like, well, because it's there. Like, it's a game of chance. It doesn't matter what number I pick, does it? Yeah. It really doesn't. It's like, oh, this is my dad's birthday, so I'm going to pick number eight. I was like, really? I know. Who gives a shit if it's your dad's birthday? It's a game of chance. I always like how, oh, a really good feeling about this box. Yeah. What feelings could you have towards a box? Maybe. Other than putting your dick in it and presenting it to a lady friend for a Christmas present. It's my dick in a box. It's not what you want for Christmas, is it? Hey, depends on... No, that's <laughs> just not. Let's just not get into that. <laughs> so we have a hung parliament. Yeah, let's get away from dicks, Tom. Yeah. So, yeah, we have a hung parliament now. Yeah. So that election was really worth it for Theresa. It really was. She did it to get an even bigger... Because she was already at the majority to begin with. She did it to get an even bigger majority. Fucking backfired on her. And then she realised young people actually did bother registering to vote because Jeremy Corbyn and Labour went out and actually went to them and got them engaged. Yeah with politics that she never did. And also, it's also because she doesn't seem like a human being that she probably felt. I feel like she has no compassion or feelings. I think the thing about that is if we'd been in any other time, probably wouldn't have mattered so much. But because we've had so much going on recently, which we'll come to later on, I think that kind of becomes more important. Yeah. Because I, I think if you don't have these kind of incidents or whatever you want to call it, then she, does, she doesn't really need to show much kind of compassion. She just has to, you know, lead. So I think I think she's just been found out by this election. I think if she'd not had an election, she wouldn't have been found out. She could have just stayed on for a good five years. Yeah. Then, they would, then they would have found out she was a shit campaigner in 2020. But by then, you've had five years in charge, so... Five years to fuck everything up, you mean? I don't think she would have made it five years even if she hadn't triggered the election. She would have quit or been replaced or something. I don't think she has it in her to do what she has to do. Mm, that's always one of those ones you can't say because it's never going to happen. So, Well, yeah, I kind of can say because the reason that she is in power is because David Cameron ran away like an idiot <laughs> after he, he made the, he started off the Brexit referendum type thing and just assumed that people would vote in his, well, not his favour, but to remain. And they didn't actually put any effort into their campaign, the Remain campaign, because even I, as a Remainer, will say their campaign was shit. The Leavers campaign, it was very inaccurate, but at least they were everywhere. Mm. So he fucked up. He ran away with his tail between his legs, inside a pig maybe, who knows. <laughs> <laughs> I love that most of our listeners are American and probably don't understand that. Do we, do we have to tell them about Piggate then? No, I think they should Google it. Google David Cameron and Pig, please. <laughs> I don't know where I was in the middle of my run. So he, he left, we got Theresa May in, mm. and now I've actually forgotten the point that I was going to make. Theresa May, something about Theresa May. 
yeah, so Theresa May's in power because of the Brexit. The Brexit that she's already kind of fucked up because she triggered Article 50, but she was not prepared for it, even though she had a year to prepare for it. She hasn't got the amount of negotiators in place. She needs like a thousand, but she hasn't even hired a fraction of that to actually tackle all of this, all the paperwork and all the deals that Britain are going to have to make now they've actually left the EU. So she's not prepared for it. And there's no way she's going to... I don't think she's going to outlive Brexit because she's already starting to fuck it up. She had a fucking year before she triggered to Article 50, almost a year. Yeah, that's right. But politics is always quite complicated, so... Yeah, it's complicated, but she had a year to prepare. And then instead of actually going ahead after she triggered Article 50 and actually doing the deals that she needs to do, instead of pissing people off, she decides to trigger an election, which means most of Parliament mm. are off campaigning. She's hiding behind closed doors because she, she's dealing with Brexit, which she actually really isn't. She just doesn't know how to deal with the public. And she's waste, already wasted more time. Yeah. And this actually is time that counts. Her, her approach has been weird. Like, I don't get how no deal is better than a bad deal. Oh, God. I, I don't like the fact that she came out and said that because all those... Idiot, Romain. I know you were a leaver. Yeah. But you were a knowledgeable leaver. Whereas most of the people that want to leave are fucking morons. And I've had to hear them day after day after day after day. A lot of the time in work when I just really want to punch myself to, you know, knock myself out. Because of listening so stupid. But a, a large majority are morons. They believed the 350 million a week for the NHS type bullshit. And they believed that all Europeans were coming here, taking our jobs. The Europeans were coming here and taking jobs that we couldn't fill, first of all. Like the nurse issue. Mm. Britain doesn't exactly have any, you know, grants or anything in place for people that actually want to do a nursing degree, which is expensive and long. Yeah. So hence why the NHS has to fill positions of nurses and doctors, actually, because it's too too expensive to train as a doctor here. And skilled professionals, so the NHS will probably, if there's no way to actually fill these positions, there's no deal in place to allow the people that are actually currently working for the NHS from the EU, which is another deal that Theresa May hasn't made or even discussed, because she's using basically EU citizens in the UK as bargaining chips with the EU, which is disgusting, because these are people's lives. Again, I've forgotten my point. (laughs) basically these people are ignorant and they just believed everything Farage and Johnson started. Yeah. They don't actually know the gravity of everything that's involved in leaving the EU. They think that not having a deal, so not having any trade deals with any countries, well, some countries obviously, but all the countries that the EU deals with, you automatically have deals with or trade deals with, isn't going to affect our economy at all. Uh, we're going to lose all EU workers that we have if they don't get the right deals in place. Even now, they're still already leaving. And immigration is probably down. People are trying to get citizenship, but Lord knows if that's actually going to happen because people, embassies and stuff are booked up now. Yeah. Ridiculously far ahead. Annie, Ghost Annie was just telling me that um, the, Greece, the Greek embassy, uh, they're booked up for the rest of the year or a year in advance. I can't really remember. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's all fucked, and I don't think Theresa May's the best person to deal with it. Yeah, and isn't no deal a failure of negotiating? If you're trying to make a yeah. point, she was trying to make a point how great a negotiator she was. You know, I'm the tough negotiator; I can negotiate. If you get no deal, that's you failing to negotiate. Exactly. If you get a no deal, that means you failed and you fucked up a whole country. Yeah. Not just you failed, because everyone has failures in life. This is probably going to be the biggest fail of our generation or generations to come. If she gets no deal. Yeah. I don't want Britain to leave the EU, but it's going to happen. Article 50 has been triggered. I do hope maybe one day we'll actually get back in. But again, that's who knows what's going to happen. But yeah. We do do need to make proper deals. We need to keep, try and keep some of the benefits at least of being in the EU, which is going to be difficult and you have to make some concessions. And I understand a lot of people were angry about other people, immigrants and stuff coming from the country. But it seems, seems to me the people that I've experienced in real life are angry about refugees and stuff that have nothing to do with Europe. But that's another story. We'll get onto that maybe later. Yeah. But... We have to allow some concessions. 
I mean, there's ten, tons of Brits living in the EU as well. It's going to affect them. Yeah. That's why I was saying don't vote selfishly. Yeah. Uh, think about other people. I mean, I think the only point I can make in favour of, like, Theresa May is the EU, EU are going to make it difficult as well, so... The EU had already made their plan before. Before, like, the moment Britain voted out. Yeah. They're going to stick to it as much as they can, which is exactly what Theresa May should have done or the government should have done. Actually, you know what? Silly me. No, the government should have prepped for leaving the EU before calling the fucking referendum. (laughs) That would have saved a lot of time. And if they'd realised beforehand it was going to be too difficult to get any decent deals out of it, they shouldn't have called the fucking referendum. Yeah, that's Cameron's fault for you. Yeah. (laughs) Fucking Tories, man. Yeah. Bloody Tories. I, I do like this, um, like, the whole thing about what does leaving the EU mean. Like, some people have said, like, oh, it means leaving the single market. But, like, I'm not a particularly big fan of the single market, but I don't know where it's said on, like, the referendum. The problem with the question was it didn't specify anything. Leaving the EU just means leaving everything, every connection they have whether it's deals or laws or things like that. To me, it just means leaving everything that they have negative as well as positive. Yeah. And being an isolated island and trying to rebuild all those bridges. That's why one of the reasons I wasn't a big fan of leaving. Because you're going to have to rebuild all the relationships that the EU have, but for Britain, with considerably less resources and in a shorter amount of time yeah but the, the, it didn't specify leaving the single market though did it though? no that's why the campaigns were shit there was no foreseeable outcome of leaving the eu mm. we don't know what is going to happen in two years time. well a year and a half now Theresa may's pissed away so much time yeah like a year and a half a year and nine months maybe we don't know what the outcome will be that's the problem. Yeah. I'd rather know. Yeah. Which is another one of the reasons I wanted to stay. And it's like, yeah, there are some bad things, but there are some good things. And at least you're all in it together. And the thing is, you never know what the future's going to bring, though. So even yeah. if we... It, all it needed is one country to collapse. And we'd have all been in the shit, so... Well, Greece collapsed. Greece isn't one of the bigger economies in the EU, though. If Italy had, for example, that would have been a bit more serious Mm. but another thing that um leavers are bringing up is that we are one of the highest economies in the eu i mean that's not true now (laughs) since you know article 50 and everything but But they forget that before we join the eu it's because we are one of the lowest which is why we joined the eu yeah but when we joined it pretty much destroyed our manufacturing industry though because it just Mm. opened up to competition to which it couldn't compete with can say it had positive and negative effects. So. Yeah, the same with everything, though. Anyway, I mean, what else can we really say about the elections other than, like, Theresa May did shit even though she won, Jeremy Corbyn did well even though he lost, that like, UKIP is, like, almost over. It's probably dead That's now. Like to celebrate. <laughs> yeah, that is, at least there's something to celebrate. UKIP is pretty much dead, which is great, because they were, like, a harsher... They're like a harsher version of the BMP, right? At least the BMP let that one black guy in. Uh, no, no, the BMP were much worse. They, uh, the BMP were they? openly anti-Semitic. They're, uh, they're very nasty. They're, they've got, they're much closer to the far-right kind of organisations than UKIP are. UKIP, I mean, they're not nice people, a lot of them. I'm pretty sure a lot of UKIPers are bigots, though. There's a weird thing. Like, a lot of people, like, uh, the UKIP vote, half of it went to Labour, one half of it went to Conservatives. So it's not necessarily fair to say they're all, like, far-right. Oh, I just meant the party. Yeah. Yeah. The thing is with voters, I just think a lot of them are easily led. Some of the voters, yeah, are arseholes, but some of them, meh, they just go with it. They've been told certain things by certain people and they decide to listen to yeah. them. I think when the two main parties have been offering the same thing for so long, People are bound to pounce at the opportunity at saying it sounds different. Yeah. Another success for this election, Lord Buckethead. Oh, yeah, Lord Buckethead. Who did incredibly well. Well, I say well, It's he's not a genuine person or politician, so that's why I think he did really well with what he did. 
He got a few hundred votes. Record for him, I think he would say. Yeah, yeah. And there, there was Fish Finger Man as well, <laughs> who looked very offended when whoever won... I can't remember. Tim Farron. Tim Farron, that's it. You told me, and I keep forgetting his name. Tim Farron won and <laughs> mispronounced his name. He didn't mispronounce it. He just said his name wrong. Yeah. He said the wrong name. He just called him Mr. Finger. <laughs> I think it was. <laughs> I, I, I like how... You couldn't remember who, who the lead of the Liberal Democrats was. I think that says a lot about Tim Farron and why he's no longer going to be the leader. Yeah, I remember Lord Buckethead and Fish Finger Man. I, I was going to make the joke, like, what's the difference between Mr. Fish Finger Man and Mr. Farron? What, what, what is the difference? I don't know. It's Tim Farron just reminds me of Fish Finger anyway. Okay. The problem with Tim Farron is I immediately stopped giving a fuck about the Lib Dems when they actually got one hint of power and decided to go back on everything they'd been saying for years. So I currently live in a Lib Dem-led constituency, which really is upsetting for me. (laughs) Like, I'm really upset about this. I would have been upset if it was Tory as well, but I was expecting Tory. But... The Lib Dems right now, to me, since 2010 it was, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, 2010. I actually supported the Lib Dems before that. Yeah. Because I was in their eight target market, I guess. I was the type of person they were trying to get on their side. Yeah. But then they decided not to fuck over me because I I was at the cutoff point. So I think it was anyone that went to uni after 2012, right? Yeah. So I, I wasn't affected personally, but I know people that have been affected. All the generations after me are going to be affected. I mean, it's already too expensive. And basically, he was, uh, Lib Dems were the Tories' bitches and had no mind of their own. They were there just to prop up the Tories. Yeah. So they got one hint of power and they basically gave up all their values. So now that party doesn't exist to me. Yeah. The only positive thing I would say about the Dems and the coalition was uh, they did put forward the gay marriage thing. So something. But apart from that, not big fans of them. So. To be fair, in like a Tory-Lib Dem partnership, it's not going to be the Tories that put forward gay marriage. Yeah. They could have been paired with anyone. Tories would not have put forward the gay marriage. <laughs> yeah. Which also actually makes it quite daunting that they're, they're teaming up the DUP. Mm. I don't I, I think the thing is Cameron's, I think, supported it, though. So I think he's fairly, he's a fairly more liberal conservative. The thing is, I think a lot of the, t- okay, I, I speak about them harshly, but I think a lot of the Tories are more liberal anyway. Yeah. It's just that the people that support their party are not. I think people start to miss David Cameron slightly, weirdly. I actually am. But I did find it funny that he quit the day after the referendum. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like the ultimate defeat. You know, you f- he fucked up the country and then decided, ah, oh, fuck it, I'm not dealing with the outcome. I, I do like how all through the referendum he's saying, I will stay on no matter what. <laughs> and then, like, literally the day after, the vote went, didn't go his way. He's like, oh, no, I'm leaving now. He's <laughs> like, I am not the best person to lead the country. And it's like, he really shouldn't... Like, because I understand everyone in the country, well, every taxpayer mm. uh, deserves a voice, right? Yeah. But... We every taxpayer is not a politician. They don't know the ins and outs of everything. I know some stuff about the EU. I don't know the ins and outs of it. We are not qualified to deal with this shit. That's why the politicians are there to deal with this shit. Yeah, but if if you had that kind of if you thought that, then you just wouldn't have elections at all. You just live under a dictatorship. Oh no, we can still have elections, but massive things like because elections, there's one every few years. That's fine. But massive, massive decisions, like the EU, mm. I don't think it was should have been left up to everyone in the public. Because uh, as, you, as you saw, as everyone saw, they were easily manipulated. Yeah, but you've got to blame the politicians for manipulating mm. them. So, you know, yeah, people are easily manipulated. Just don't manipulate them. I think the problem is we people have been promised some kind of like referendum on like the treaties and stuff like that that kept getting rejected. At some point, people just don't feel they're a part of it sometimes. So yeah. I think if we just given if we just given people a vote on like one of the treaties or something like that, it would have made people feel they're part of like the decision-making process. 
So you mm. get to the point where in 2015, 16 was it? When was the referendum? Last year. People just don't feel that they're a part of it. And so that's why yeah. they choose to leave because they feel they very distant from it. it the, the idea, I think the EU does feel very distant at times to a lot of people. I think that was one of the big problems. Okay, we do need to move on because we already talked way too much about this. But I do want to say one thing on referendums, right? This will not develop into a conversation, don't worry. It's just something I saw. Um, Scotland, after the EU referendum, wanted another referendum about leaving Britain, which is is up to them, really, because it's their choice. Yeah. I mean, that's their country. One of the reasons they stayed in is because of all the deals with the EU. It would have been too difficult for them to make it if they weren't part of the UK, which is fair enough. I can see why they would want a referendum. Obviously, Theresa May shut that shit down because she doesn't need any more troubles. But I saw one comment, one comment that really pissed me off. It was from someone in England. They're like, well, if the Scots should have a referendum, but the whole UK should vote. Exactly. They think, yeah, there should be another referendum about Scottish independence, but the whole of the UK should get to vote. Could you imagine if we had an EU referendum where every other country in the EU was allowed to vote? How would the British voters feel then? Yeah, that's well, that's the stupidest. Like the Lib Dems are saying, we should have a second vote on the referendum, yeah. but Scotland shouldn't have the se- the second vote. Yeah, I'm a person that's a fan of ad- averages, right? Mm. So I think every vote and every referendum should be done three times. Yeah, and then the average vote should win it yeah because if say if only like 10 percent of the people came out and voted for the referendum and it was all remain like 90 percent of that was remain the the people that wanted to leave they would register and then we'd have another vote and then that would go up a bit and Mm. then the people that wanted to remain basically i want to get everyone to vote and the only way i think of doing it is in stages yeah i'm a fan of averages so, but can you imagine three referendums? Though? Also, why can't we like do it online or by text or something? It's 2017. Why do we have to go to like a polling booth where you can see the people that are there, the volunteers that are there are like your enemies because of who you're voting for? <laughs> <laughs> and you have that one person that's standing outside asking who you voted for that you don't want to make eye contact with. Yeah. It's a har- harrowing place, I think, the polling booth. That and like there was two aisles and you don't know where to go because they both have K in it and my, my road starts with yeah. K. I always, I always feel I'm doing something wrong when I go. <laughs> I'd like had that really bad moment this time after did I tick the white box because I've been going on about voting Labour so much that I, I kind of I looked at it so quickly and put across I did I got to see if I actually checked whether I ticked the white box I saw the name that I wanted to vote for yeah but I just can't remember if I ticked the right box I ticked it and I went over it about ten times just to make sure they couldn't yeah. rub it out or anything because it's a Tory led it was a Tory led constituency, but now it's a Liberal Democrat led constituency. But I did do one fuck up. I put it in the ballot box and missed. <laughs> like it's a, it's not even like a tiny little hole that you yeah. put it in. It's actually fairly wide. <laughs> yeah, I still missed yeah. <laughs> on my first attempt, and I was like, oh man. In all fairness to me. I did do it at 7 in the morning. Well, 7.20, but still, that was fairly yeah. early. Yeah. I saw some old person, like, she she was going to hand their ballot paper back to the person. So, have you not done this before? I mean, I mean I'm mean, i only, like, 20-odd, and I, I know what to yeah. do. You put it in the box. I mean, I would have thought someone that age. I mean, yeah, you hear, yeah. like, all the old people are meant to be, like, mad keen on voting and stuff like that. Maybe they, maybe they were the one of the people that didn't vote for a very long time. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Um, what else was I going to say? Oh, yeah, I almost had that moment because I couldn't see it. I mean, it was right there, but I couldn't see it. I don't know what I was looking at. Yeah. And, like, I almost walked past it. I'm just like, oh, there it is. And then I put it in. Yeah. So we really should move on because we spent far too long on the topic anyway. Yeah. This topic. Because there's been a lot more fuck-ups in England lately. Or fucked up. Plenty. I guess. Plenty. Fucked up, fuck-ups. Yeah, plenty in like the space of a month. Yeah. So another thing that occurred was Manchester. Manchester, yeah. Yeah, the Manchester suicide bomber. Yeah. I think of all the ones, that's been one of the 
the worst things we experienced, isn't it, over the last couple of months or so? I'd say, to me, it was one of the most har- harrowing things I've had to live through. Yeah. Because, yes, I lived through 9-11, but that was so far removed. Yes, I lived through 7-7, but... <sighs> okay, yeah, no, that was pretty effective, I'm not going to lie. 7-7, that was pretty hard time. My point, it's the first time we've had, like, a bombing kind of thing for a little while now, isn't it? So Yeah. My thing about it was I genuinely thought it was a hoax at the beginning. Yeah. For, like, a solid half an hour, I thought it was a joke because all I saw on, I don't know where it was, it must have been on TV while I was getting ready in the morning, was a, um, a there was a bombing at an Ariana Grande concert. And I know nothing about Ariana And I know nothing about Ariana Grande other than that she caters to kids. So I figured no one's that fucked up. So it must be some sort of a joke. Yeah. It has to be some sort of a hoax. And uh, to my disdain, shock, horror, it turns out it was the truth. Yeah. It actually happened. Someone blew themselves up in a concert full of children. Yeah, and their parents. Yeah, I, I, I like. I remember thinking that's. I mean, it's bad when you target anyone, but to target young it's, kids, it's as well, just, it's just... exactly because they haven't had time to live their life. They're still innocent. You can't say that they deserve to die because they haven't lived their lives. They haven't made mistakes. They haven't yeah. done anything wrong or sinful in this fucked up person's eyes. I don't even. Okay, new, new, <clears throat> new rule. We don't say any of these fucking fucked up bastard terrorist names because they don't deserve the fucking glory. I don't like the fact that we print their faces all over papers, giving them exactly what they want. Yeah. It's, it's disgusting, but papers will do it because they, all those people sold their soul to the devils a long time ago. They need to make money. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, They're probably going to go to hell straight with the suicide bombers anyway. Yeah. Anyway, what was I saying? I I was in mid rant and then I went on another rant. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's disgusting. I, I just like there's no excuse for it. Yeah, literally no excuse. Obviously, it's 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 bad for like the kids that died, but I I, I feel like really sorry for the kids that have got to live through that like the terror they yeah. must have felt. Could you imagine what they saw? Yeah, well, being being so dark as well. It's got to be, like, in the worst way imaginable. Yeah, and the aftermath of that, when they, they were all separated and they were all staying in, like, hotels and mm. stuff in the area because they'd been separated from their parents. They couldn't get through to anyone. They couldn't call anyone. Yeah. So everyone was just stuck. Because it's, it's, like, one of the... Um, I think did they come from Scotland or Newcastle, one of those two, and, like, the, this, this girl gone with, like, one of her friends. And only one of them, the like, yeah, only one of them, like, made it or something like that, survived. Yeah, the other one. they had the funeral for the girl last, I think it was a couple of days ago, and there was, like, thousands of people turned out for it, which was lovely. That's just got to be so horrible, yeah. It's, I, you hear about these things where they have, like, the survivor complex or something like that. Yeah, survivor guilt. Yeah, where, where you just kind of feel guilty to survive. Why, you know, why did I survive mm. but the other person died and that kind of thing. That must, I think... That must like be terrible. That's probably amplified by like twenty because my, a lot of the victims were kids. Yeah. Now I read about one beautiful thing was that a doctor that was at the concert went to the hospital, didn't tell anyone that he was actually at the concert, and was helping the victims. Yeah. These terrorist incidents are so fucked up and horrible, and I wish they were all a work of fiction that we were talking about right now. But that is one like silver lining. You actually realise how good people yeah i'm always complaining about people and always saying they're fucked up but you actually realize that there are a lot of good people out there like the taxi drivers not even the taxi drivers people that were around the car saying if you need help you need me to take you anywhere people opening their doors to their in their homes trying to house these people it's a true testament of how strong people are and how supportive they are and how good they are yeah because the the right wingers at the moment are, are moaning about how all we do is light a candle and stuff like that and so stick together after these events. But the the easiest response is say, oh, let's have a war, let's fight them, let's you know detain everyone, you know. Yeah, I was going to go into this a bit later, but the thing is, I'm 
I like to think I'm unique because I grew up in a Muslim family, mm. Asian background. My family are pretty, well, my parents are Muslim. They're pretty devout. Me, I don't care for it much. Yeah. And I don't really conform. So I like see it from two different perspectives. I see the anger in people. I feel the anger. Like, I'm British first. I was born and raised here. I don't know anything else. Yeah. So I see the anger. I feel the anger. But I also see the hate as well going towards people that don't deserve it. Yeah. They're going towards the innocent people. If it was a white person attacking, which, again, we'll get onto next week, if it was a white person attacking, would everyone, all the white people out there have to stand out and collectively say, you know what, he isn't speaking for us. Uh, none of us are terrorists. We're not like him. He was a lone wolf. He's not preaching my values. Yeah. No. I see both sides. I see the harrowingness. I see how hard it is for people. I see the anger. I see the fear. But I also get all of the hate as well. Yeah. Uh, even my dad, who he's always, he's never really, I was going to say had substance, but that sounds really bad. But he's never really been serious. Yeah. He's always just happy-go-lucky. I said I was going to say he's funny, as in he's funny as in a dad joke kind of way, not a ha-ha funny. But even he's getting really panicked and stressed out. Yeah. He's telling me that I need to call home every day just to make sure, uh, to let them know that I'm all right. Uh, To make sure no one's actually done anything to me. Yeah. Which he shouldn't have to do. Yeah. He really shouldn't have to do. First of all, I'm not a terrorist. Oh. I should probably say that first of all, because apparently that's the thing that brown people have to do. I'm not a terrorist. Um, I'm not even religious. Uh, I don't really follow any guidelines. I just do what I want to do. But to be honest, it doesn't matter to most of the right-wingers that are always going to openly attack them anyway or find any excuse to attack people anyway. Yeah, I I think from these right-wingers is that this... They don't think they're looking for anything. Yeah, they're, they're looking. They're just looking for trouble. You know. Yeah. Like, but I, I think that I think it is becoming a lot more normalised now, and I think that is the press doing that a lot. Yeah. Papers like the Express, the Mail, the Sun. Yeah. The thing is, if you tally up, I think there's a grid out there. I think I've told you about it before as well. Mm. All of the terrorist attacks that happen around the world, and only a fraction of them were by Muslims against non-Muslims. I mean, the people that need to fear Muslims and ISIS, the fucked up ISIS twats, that actually did not work. Can I just say, ISIS were not behind these attacks. They decided to just cap... Uh, cap it. ISIS were not behind these attacks. They decided to capitalize yeah. on them. Sure, they're, they're fucked up perpetrators and might have been inspired by them. That they were no in no way a part of the fold. Um, so ISIS just capitalizes on them. So the people that actually need to fear ISIS is Muslims because they're the main victims yeah. of the ISIS regime. So it it kills they kill more Muslims than they do non-Muslims. Yeah, and that's the thing we don't hear about that. But cause they because they use I as here like, like in Syria they use like humans as like shields and stuff like that. Yeah. Crazy and shit. they're seen yeah. as martyrs. It's disgusting. And they're destroying like uh, loads of like, like the cultural landmarks in Syria and Iraq yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, it's, just... it's really fucked up. These attacks are really fucked up, and I understand why people will be angry. But the problem is, if you let your anger rule and do something in retaliation, ISIS will use that to recruit people. And also, I think by and large, you end up punishing the... a lot of people who aren't really that involved most muslims aren't involved mm. and most muslims do actually report it like i think the last few people that the last few incidents we've had i think most of those people are reported yeah but nothing was done about them thank you Theresa may for making all those police cuts by the way a shout out to you <laughs> um, <laughs> because if you hadn't made those police cuts maybe just maybe you could have actually tracked these people yeah um but, they get reported. Like, well, my point is, like, when it punishes people, like, for example, if you were to have, like, a travel ban, that just punishes a lot of people who aren't involved in terrorism. You're, you're, yeah, you're punishing Donald the majority to, to try and prevent the minority get in. And, yeah. the, like, also, like, 
I think of it incites anger and it just makes people believe in Islamophobia. So I can see, I don't understand why people get themselves indoctrinated, but I can see where their anger would come from. Their anger at other people. Yeah. And they would be easy to manipulate and actually bring into the fold. And uh, it's just, it's so fucked up, but it's like a vicious cycle. Um, the media are going to report on it, uh, how Muslims are, like, terrorists. Um, the far right are going to attack Muslims or people of any colour. Like, there was the Indian guy in the States that got killed because someone just assumed yeah. he was Muslim when he wasn't. So the media, right wing, they're going to attack Muslims. Then that's going to get certain Muslims angry. And they were the ones that will end up perpetrating these terrorist attacks. And then the media will be on their case. The right wing will be on their case. It's just a whole vicious circle. Yeah. And the thing is, the hardest thing to do is fight it with peace, but that is also the best thing to do. Yeah. Because the wars and all the violence, that's only made it 101 times uh, yeah, worse. Yeah, I, I think I was reading an article in The Guardian, and it stated, like, the percentage of terror attacks that have gone up since the war on terror began, and it's, it's like, a crazy number. I forget how much it is now, but it's it's a lot, and you just think, when Jeremy Corbyn came out, um, after I think it was after the Manchester one, and he made that speech about foreign policy, and he said, actually, you know, we've got war on terror isn't working. We've got to rethink it. And I think what he said was true at the end of the day. I don't think you can argue that. I don't think he was arguing that our foreign policy is, like, directly what's causing these people to blow other people up or run them over and stuff like that and stab them. But it, it's somewhere in there. I think it helps alienate. I ha have heard like people say that they do feel like it's a war on Muslims, that the, the war on Iraq and wars in Libya and Syria and stuff like that. They do feel like it's kind of like a war on Muslims. And when you put that together with how some are treated in this country, it's not hard to understand why they might feel alienated. Anybody white British out there that has seen these attacks... And just think about how you feel when you see your brothers, your sisters, your friends, your family being brutally struck down. And just go back, to, what was it, 14 years when the Iraq war happened, when all the other British people around the world were seeing America and Britain invade Iraq and, uh, like, demolishing everything and killing... And tons... Well, they weren't... Maybe not directly killing... Maybe not directly killing civilians, but all those people died. Could you imagine the anger that must have been coursing through their veins? But generally, everyone's remained peaceful. Yes, there are a few bad apples, but generally... They're still marching with you, like all those marches that have happened ever since yeah. Westminster. They're still marching alongside you. They're still fighting your corner. It's just no one hears them, that because they're not the voices that are publicised. Yeah. And I just think it's disgusting, really. Mm. To be honest, I don't really know what point I made. I just think I wanted to bring up Iraq and everything. Yeah. Well, it is. there are similarities, basically. That's what I just mean to say. And to be perfectly honest... It could be a million times worse, but it is not because you're lucky that most Muslims are actually peaceful. Yeah. Yeah, there's only a select few that have been radicalised. Yeah. Some people are saying that white people should, like, retaliate or that British people should retaliate and that we should maybe carry out retribution. But I was saying the only people that have the right to feel angry or to kind of have any sense of retribution are the people who've been directly affected by the attack. And even yeah. then, it should be against those who are responsible, not those people who aren't responsible. Exactly. If you retaliate just against, you know, brown faces or Muslim faces, you're no better than the people that were strapped suicide bombs themselves or decide to fire mm. a van and drive into loads of people and start stabbing yeah. them. You are no better. You're exactly the same. Yeah. And you're labelled as such, which we'll go on to later. Yeah. We should move on mm. to something that's sort of related to Manchester. It's another terrorist that incident. So the London Bridge Borough Market attackers, the trio. Yeah. So it was similar to Westminster, except they hired a van. Westminster was just a car. Yeah, right? I think this is worse as well. It's horrible that that is how they're doing it because it's so easy now. Yeah, it's. I think. I think people. What people say even after the Westminster one is, 
you can't prevent people getting in a van. You can't prevent people from driving and stuff like that. No. And also, the point I, I didn't make about any of these, like, terrorist attacks is, like, suspecting someone isn't the same as actually knowing. But the thing is, one of these fucktards was on a show called Jihadis Next <laughs> yeah. Door on Channel 4. Yeah. So how the hell is he not being watched if he's on that fucking show? Yeah. This guy should have been funny. Yeah. Thank you, Theresa May. Yeah. <laughs> That's all we can say, really. Yeah. Because uh, two of them, two two out of three, weren't they known to authorities? Because one had been reported, one was on that TV show. The thing is, well, my, my point, though, is you might suspect something, but that's a lot different from actually knowing. It's a lot harder than... That's it's a lot different than actually knowing that that person's actually planning an attack. They're going often on information that you don't know whether to believe or not sometimes. Because I, I know... I think some, like, information comes from, like, terrorists they've arrested or something like that. Yeah, you need to verify that information before you can add, act on it. They can't just lock up everyone that's had a bad word said yeah. about them. Because that's kind of inhumane, because the chances are a large majority of them probably haven't done anything wrong. Yeah, and it's like the stupidness of like this travel ban idea. I think it would only prevent the Manchester attack. The travel ban? Did he come from a he, um Although he lived here for a while, he, he travelled recently from Libya. So if, if a travel ban is in place, it would have prevented him from getting into the country. Yeah, but now. what about all the other people from Libya that are actually all right? Yeah, it's exactly that aren't terrorists. Point. But it would have only prevented one of the attacks. A lot of it's like within the country. Homegrown. That's the problem. A lot of it is homegrown. So a travel ban would not have affected a lot of these attacks. And mm. there's nothing to say that the Manchester attacker could have done it at another time when there wasn't a travel ban. So, yeah, he could have done it in Libya and it wouldn't have been reported. Yeah, so I don't know. I just, I think some of these, like, some people's solution, the complete overreaction. These events are terrible, but it's like, I, that's what I had some journalists say. It's nowhere near like a war. I mean, wars when your economic performance is, is it going to be hindered or something like that, where another country's trying, where an army's trying to, you know, attack you or something like that. It's not. It's, yeah. it's just a few lonely sad bastards they probably were fucked up individuals anyway and they just end up getting radicalized the thing is you can't stop i, I don't want to say it because it sounds horrible but you can't stop them being radicalized because it's the same as anything else like grooming or something like that you don't know it's happening until it's happening yeah you need to root out the actual problem yeah and that's not just you know, locking down every and all, all and every single Muslim. Because, to be honest, that's just going to induce even more anger than there already yeah. is. That's going to make them feel even more penalised than they already are. Yeah, and I, I think alienation is a big problem, whether it be social. Because yeah. I, I do think if, I think if you look at a lot of the backgrounds of, of the attackers, they tend to be, like, from poorer, less educated backgrounds. And yeah. They kind of live alone or stuff like that, or they they live within like a certain community that don't really interact much with other people and stuff like that. Yeah. When they, or they like might have like mental health problems or something like that. Mm. The thing is, right? You get I see so many twat hards on the internet mm. saying these people, these migrants or whatever, they don't interact. They don't assimilate yeah. into our community. Well, the problem is. It's because people see them a certain way. Yeah. And I wouldn't like, because cause I sort of grew up in London, it's pre pretty multicultural. I think I was lucky mm. in the area that I grew up in because there's so many different types of faces and no one really attaches a label onto you. Not that I'm aware of, but no one, yeah. I don't think anyone attached a label onto me. But could you imagine having to live with like a, say you had terrorists tattooed on your forehead walking around. That's what people yeah. see of you. And that's the first thing they assume you're going to be. They're going to think you're a radical Muslim. Do you really want to integrate with that? No, you'd rather not hang about with these narrow-minded dickwads. Yeah. And rather stay in your own community where everyone knows each other and they respect I, each I other. I think integration works both ways. You've got to be welcoming to change. Yeah. But I think it's a natural thing when you come to another country. You want to kind of stick with what you know. So, you know. You want to be with the community. You want to be with other people like you because you're in alien surroundings. Yeah, at least for a while. Because if you yeah. move to another place, you need something familiar to latch onto before you actually enter the world. Yeah. 
How about how about these people that are saying they don't integrate? How about knock on one of their doors and say, do you want to come over for a cup of tea? Yeah. Maybe see then how well they integrate. Yeah. I saw one comment the other day saying, uh, they always say really stupid things. It's really frustrating. But I saw one saying, every Muslim man that I walk down the street with, or they're walking opposite me, they just expect me to move out of the way. That's not true. Yeah. That's every Muslim man, every single one. Mm. Are you fucking kidding me? These blanket statements just piss me off. Yeah. They're like, they don't respect me. So they want me to move out the way for them. Yeah. They think they own the road. And then apparently, apparently, Muslim women, do you, do you want to know this? They always are covered up in a burqa and a naqib, which is the face covering thing. And they don't look anybody in the eye. They're always looking down until their husband says, you can talk. Did you know that, Matt? Because I certainly didn't. I grew up in a Muslim household. I, I, I wondered why Lana never looked at me. <laughs> Have you seen what I wear sometimes? <laughs> yeah. Have you ever seen me not make eye contact with anyone? Have you ever seen me not talk to anyone that I feel like talking yeah. to? Have you ever seen Lana shut the fuck up? Oh, God, no. <laughs> you wish exactly. sometimes. <laughs> all this, the thing is, it's all bullshit, but then people listen and they get a specific idea of Muslims and they don't want to approach them. Yeah. It's it's a vicious cycle and I don't see it ending, but then again, like it's it's the turn of the Muslims. Like you had the Jews, you had the Christians, everyone's been bashed in the past. That black people, they only just got their rights like fifty years ago. Yeah. So it's now the Muslims' turn, I think. I think it's a horrible thing, but I hope it will pass and I hope it'll pass in my lifetime. I wanna actually see I was going to say I want to see the world at peace, but someone's going to start a fight with someone at some point. I'm, I'm banking on Donald it's Trump. It's nice to think that we live in more enlightened times, but... But there's no such thing. There's always going to be something. Yeah, happening. yeah. Do you want to know what's really upsetting? Uh, the past few weeks have been so fucked up, right, mm. that we can't contain it all in one episode. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to have to spread it out in two episodes. Yeah. So we're going to talk about the rest of it next week. Yeah. But we're, it's going to be really weird because we're going to record it now and pray that nothing happens within the next week. Yeah. So we don't have to do another amendment the following week. Sure. Just think of all the right-wing listeners we're going to get shouting at us later, possibly. You know what? When I thought this was going to be one episode, I was actually going to say at the end, all those right-wingers, all those ISIS sympathisers, all those dickwads that are planning on putting a suicide vest on or, you know, renting a van, how about just email me at thedorkseduction at gmail.com, tweet me, Facebook us, just so I know who you are, so I know who to report. Please, please, for the love of God, do it. Because we not just get the right-wingers and the jihadists to fight each other. Yeah, that's a good idea, but they both go for innocence, so they wouldn't fight ah, yeah. each other. Because they want to go for people that they can actually attack. Yeah. Oh. And they can get away with attacking. because it could make a great, like, TV programme or something like that. Or film. Yeah. Superman versus Batman. Mm-hmm. Or jihadis versus right-wingers. <laughs> yeah. oh. Well, I don't know how to make the ending of this episode light-hearted. And I've just told them that we're going to get more depressing shit next week. Yeah. So, the fucked up diaries. That's it, the fucked up diaries. That will be the name of the episode. It's just my life, basically. <laughs> yeah. The fu- This is the fucked up diaries chapter yeah. one. Next week, we will get the fucked up diaries chapter two. And I bet you can guess what we're going to be talking about. Certainly, only things that happened before, like, the 21st of June, because that's when we're recording. Mm. 22nd of June, that's when we're recording. Yeah forgotten the date no it's not even the 22nd it's the 23rd 23rd yeah oh shit i've been off work for two days by the way that's probably why i don't know the date. <laughs> um, yeah the 23rd so events that happened before the 23rd we will be discussing yeah. and we continue that next week because the past few weeks have been so fucked up and eventful ah too eventful i'd rather have like a chilled week when nothing happens and it's very boring. Yeah, it's like I heard someone say it's nice to like wake up and like some tard hasn't attacked another person. You know. Yeah, that's something we're going to go into after, you know, next episode. Yeah. Yeah, so we've ranted a bit, so we're just going to say goodbye for now. And we'll be back next week with part two. We're doing two parters now, Matt. Wow. I mean, it's not for a good reason. I must <laughs> add. Yeah. We shouldn't get too excited. No, let's not get too happy with ourselves. Uh, I feel like we went from amateur crime solvers to we're basically political... Blowhards. 
<laughs> no. Commentate. Political spectators. We're basically political spectators mm. now. But then, don't worry, the week after next, don't worry. We have something that you'll just eat up. Oh, oh, I get it. I, I get said it. it. I said it. I said it. Yeah. So don't worry. It's not all doom and gloom. After next week, we're going to try and do something very lighthearted. It's shit hot. Yeah. And the week after that, it's going to be, it's not going to be lighthearted, but uh, it's going to be bizarre. I think I've teased them enough. We never really tease. Uh, I, I'm always teasing people. Okay. Well, goodbye.